Cole Berry here with my man Brett Strauss coming at you with the KC Kingdom podcast, bringing you all the news and notes around Kansas City sports. As you heard, uh, Cole Berry here with my man Brett Strauss. What's up? And uh, we're doing episode one of the podcast. We're going to be bringing you mostly heavy Chiefs content, but we're going to obviously get into some other KC sports. Um, you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts at. Spreaker app is our main app. We're also on Google, iTunes, so just wherever you get your podcast, you can hear us from. I think we're going to get started with a little Kansas City sports notes. Yes, right, we will. Right, so uh, let's get right to it. We're going to start with the Royals. So the biggest news is Ned Yost, their manager, is retiring after managing the Royals for nine seasons. Yost brought a World Series to Kansas City in 2015 and will end his career with 1,144 career wins as a manager. An intriguing name to keep an eye on to replace Yost is Mike Matheny, formal manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. He is seen as a favorite to land the job as the Royals' next skipper, but it is too early to tell if the interest will grow in the coming weeks. With the Royals themselves being out of postseason contention, the only story to watch is Jorge Soler and his home run total. He has five games left to add to his American League leading 45 home runs. Moving on to Sporting KC, they are well out of postseason contention as they hover around the basement of the Western Conference standings. With the MLS regular season closing, our Sporting KC coverage will be limited to any breaking news out of the club. Next up, college football. The excitement of KU beating Boston College was short-lived after falling to West Virginia by a score of 29-24. The needle is pointing up for this less Miles-led team, but they have a tough test coming up on the road, taking on a 2-1 TCU squad. Sticking with college football, Missouri had a big conference win, defeating the South Carolina Gamecocks 34-14 on the back of two defensive touchdowns. After a disappointing loss to Wyoming in the season opener, Mizzou has bounced back to a 3-1 record, having outscored opponents 122-21 during their three-game winning streak. They have this week off, but have an easy matchup taking on the Troy Trojans in a few weeks as they look to extend the record to 4-1. Lastly, college basketball, the Kansas Men's basketball team was hit with five level one and two level two violations by the NCAA. Level one violations are the most serious the NCAA can hand out, and Kansas head coach Bill Self is being charged with head coach responsibility violations in regards to certain players receiving benefits in his program. Kansas has 90 days to respond to the violations officially, and we will continue to monitor the situation as it unfolds. Cole, back to you. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably the most important situation we got to monitor with i mean royal baseball's running down the yost news was kind of the only news we had to go on that was gonna be a really short section then we got hit with that sporting kc is over so we're pretty much football heavy right now but with the, yeah, we are. the kansas you know basketball going on that's gonna be a story that's gonna unfold more and more and we'll probably keep up with that yeah that's a big one so uh but now we're gonna get to the meat of what the podcast is gonna be over the next few months as we just said most of those sports teams right now are winding down, and so we're going to strictly cover them when there's news or anything noteworthy to, to actually talk about. But it's going to be Chiefs-centric here as we're getting into the meat of the NFL season. And when you're talking Chiefs, you got to talk you know, rivals and stuff. So we're usually going to take a scope and look around the, the AFC West and seeing how everyone else has been doing here lately. News and notes from around the West. Yeah! All right, so let's start with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Oakland is a team right now that... They're a team. <laughs> that, they that's, are that's a team. That's the best you could say about them is they are a team. They were hit with that Antonio Brown situation, and I've never felt sorry for the Raiders, so I was... at When he was just being a crazy person, I was loving it because anything bad oh, happened. I loved it too. Now it's a little more sensitive as the allegations around Antonio Brown are, are more severe than just being a weird person. Yeah. But as far as just from a pure, fo- pure football standpoint, the way it's hit the Raiders is pretty tangible because they came out and had a, a big win against the Broncos squad, and then they jumped up 10 nothing on the Chiefs. Yep. If they have Antonio Brown in that game, right? I mean, they, they, they look like a different squad. Yeah, I mean, A.B., as much as, well, now we look at him in a completely different light, but the guy can play football, he or at least football. he used to be able to play football. We don't really know this season what, what yet. What do you say on hard knocks? Analytics don't lie. Yeah. They don't right. lie. Yeah. He could play football. I mean, that, there's just no other way around it. So, And and just from a, a standpoint, 
Uh, Darren Waller's having a great season from tight end. Tyrell Williams has caught a touchdown in each of his first three games. They're doing that without the pressure taking off. That Josh Jacobs looked like a beast. Against the Chiefs. And then he, he got that groin. He was six. The last game in, in negative game script. He Minnesota jumped out to an early lead, so they didn't really get to pound right. Jacobs. But, but that's when A.B. is like prime time the AB. golden goose yeah. yeah booming business is booming as he would say there so for them they went from a team that i thought had a chance to gel and get better as the season goes along right now Derek carr he just doesn't look i thought he looked good against the broncos and then he came out against the chiefs and looked good in the first quarter and i thought they put a lot around Derek carr maybe those pieces like trent brown and josh jacobs and tyra williams are gonna unlock that a couple seasons ago form of yep. him, but it just kind of, the wheels fell off there. Yeah, he threw some bad picks against the Chiefs. Doesn't push the ball downfield. No. So, right now, they're... One-dimensional. One, yeah, the Raiders just, they don't look what I thought they were going to look like. And I know it's just one player, but when you get a player of that caliber, and, I mean, just, they got rid of a guy like Khalil Mack, and then they used those draft picks and the cap space they created in that deal to sign Antonio Brown. That was a long-term yep. deal they were going to yep. do. Well, and they put they put all their eggs in the A B basket. In the A B basket, and it was it looked like a good bet because they only gave up like a third to fifth right. one. So I mean, it, it looked like a good bet for that to succeed going to Vegas with some hype, and it just hasn't panned out. As a uh, far, far as the Denver Broncos go, um, they've had a tough start to the season. Yep, zero and three couldn't I, couldn't really be worse. No, you couldn't. I, I even though the Raiders beat them. I still look at the talent level of Denver, and I like it enough that I think that they're gonna they're gonna pull themselves out of an zero and three kind of a stretch. If the Chicago game, yeah, if there wasn't point two seconds left on that clock when they got that timeout off or that bad roughing the passer call, they're probably one and two right now in the same light as the Raiders. So I think those two yeah. teams are talent wise are, are pretty close. Well, and after last night's schlacking of the Redskins, oh, Chicago looks like a decent team. I mean, at least a somewhat decent Ch- team. Chicago's a good team. Yeah, with a bad quarterback. Yeah, that's Mitch has not played well. So if the Broncos get that win, that looks like a decent. That win. looks like a good win. And I do, and they we do have to mention they got a new head coach. Vic Fangio is very respected. Yeah. So. That's yeah. something I'm going to – it kind of takes a minute for the wheels to start turning. And when Joe Flacco's your quarterback, you're a little yeah, hamstrung. Yeah, I, I, uh, I wrote down Drew Locke because I think it's interesting now that he's on IR. You know, I wonder if we would have seen Drew Locke oh, here man. soon, you know, and then and that might not have been good for Drew Locke. We've seen the Giants already pivot to Daniel Jones. Right. We've already. seen Redskins fans – just chanting Dwayne Haskins at a game. Well, I don't know how you don't start Dwayne Haskins. And, I mean, the, there was Monday night football chance of let's go Haskins in the crowd. Yeah. So his name's already being called for. Broncos fans at 0-3 would definitely be calling for Drew Locke if he was an option. So I do think it is a good thing that he's on IR. Yeah. That way that's not even a thing that there's no controversy right. there for the Broncos right. to even deal with. So another thing, just a quick note from Denver. Emmanuel Sanders looks good after that. ACL? Or Achilles. Or Achilles, Achilles you're, right, you're right. You know, when you're coming back from Achilles that quick and you look that good, that that's impressive. So just kudos to him. The Chargers, you want to talk about injury, talk about the Chargers all day long, every year it seems like. Yeah, it's just the Chargers curse. The Chargers curse. And kicking woes, their kickers hurt. Yeah. Okung's out. Derwin James is out. Hunter Henry's out. And it's very important that they get those guys back because when you're in a race with Kansas City – can't fall behind two games no. like they have against Detroit and the Colts without Andrew Luck. Yeah. I mean, the race is over, really. It, in it, my mind, it's I, over. I don't want to say it's over, it's, but in, in my mind right now, if as long as the Chiefs stay relatively healthy, and by relatively healthy, I mean 15, Yeah, everything else will work right. itself out. But this just there was so much hype around the Chargers, and we talk about it every year, people picking them to win the division. Last year, right. those people look smart. It's going to be really hard to pull themselves out of this hole without those guys. Derwin James, to me, is their best player. Oh, yeah. Plain, plain and simple. Oh, yeah. Like, right now, if you take away, like, positional importance, Derwin James is the pure best. He's the only player on their team that you could probably argue is one of the best at his position. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched that Chargers game for most of it, yeah. and that ending was, like, the longest two-minute drive the, the longest of all time. Drive. And I I swear Phillip Rivers, like, put it on his receivers a couple times, and they dropped it. They dropped it. And that's – what happens when you lose a, a Tyrell Williams as your third guy yeah. who's balling in Oakland yeah. right now, and that's what happens when you lose Hunter Henry and when Mike Williams has been banged up. Keenan Allen's credit has looked phenomenal. Oh, yeah. So when I said there's only one guy, really, that you can say is top of his position in Derwin James, Keenan Allen's looked 
really good, but he's not DeAndre Hopkins or one of those guys, of course. But they're just their talent right now is just Allen. We didn't even talk about Melvin Gordon being out, so it's Allen, Rivers, and what Casey Hayward. You know, I mean, yeah, they're just they don't, they don't have the horses right now. I don't think no. to compete. But we'll see this week. Bounce back game maybe against the Dolphins. Just Josh Rosen. If they lose to the Dolphins. Oh, if they don't That's, blow the Dolphins yeah. out, I I know the Dolphins. Every year, you're like, when you get one of these bad teams, your 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 talk is they're still an NFL team. Right? They haven't been competitive. I don't think we've seen a team as bad as the Dolphins. I'm gonna go ahead and say we haven't because the Dolphins at the start of the year were like those old 0 and 16 Lions and Browns teams, and then they got rid of their two best players. <laughs> yeah, it, it, Xavier Howard's the lone guy there that I would want on my roster at this point. Like, if you said, "All right, pick somebody from the Dolphins to put on the Chiefs," but you have to cut somebody from the Chiefs, Xavier Howard, and then I'm looking at Kenyon Drake maybe for our third no. running. Maybe, no yeah, way. that's the next step exactly. Yeah. So it's just right now, if the Chargers don't go out and just show that they're without a shadow of a doubt better than the Dolphins, it'll be an issue. Yeah. I think. And they don't have to beat them 40 to nothing, but if they come out and it's like 27 to 14 or 27 to 20 or something stupid like yeah. that, it'll be trouble for the Chargers. Yeah. Um, moving on from around the West, we're going to get into our uh, just a weekly recap where we talk about the Ravens game, what we liked, what we didn't like. A lot to like, for sure. There was definitely a lot to like, but there was some to dislike. Like the Hail Marys being answered over and over. Those were ridiculous. Those were ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. And then the announcers were going crazy. Yeah, like, like what Lamar, a, Jackson, Lamar Jackson magic. video game like Lamar. Those were terrible they were decisions. Punts. Yeah, they, they were punts. That's what they were. They were completed. They were muff yeah. punts. Uh, that one where there was one where he escaped pressure and then threw a Hail Mary on like fourth and five, and there was a little OPI that we challenged and didn't get called. Yeah. To his credit on that one, he did evade like three sacks. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. For him to get that ball off was impressive. But well, that, and, and – Really, a cornerback is at a very bad disadvantage because yeah. really, he's watching the receiver. The receiver stops. He stops. And, and then it, there's like this weird little – Yeah. Like when you meet match. someone in the hallway and it's like, oh, you're going to go ooh, right, left, oh, right, oh, left, oh, right. Yeah. And then you're just like froze. And, and, and to his – like I said, his credit, he got rid of the sack. But then there was that across-the-body throw that in any other situation I think is an interception oh, or yeah. at least well, an incompletion. Here was the problem, though. He was wanting to get the interception. He wanted the pick. It was fourth down. Just yeah. get just rid of that thing. Down. Or yeah. smoke the receiver. Oh, Sit yeah. there in yeah. his grill and as soon as just destroy it. Like, I mean, you have to have better situational awareness there, I think, if you're Severus Ward. But outside of those two big plays, Lamar looked not great in the passing game. No, he didn't look good. He didn't look good. And I'm trying to figure out if it was just a bad game for him or if our secondary is actually kind of coming around. I think it's a little bit of both. I really do. Uh, I notoriously, like behind the scenes of this podcast, we've been getting this thing going for a few weeks. We've had some test stuff. And I have talked poorly of Lamar Jackson, and I've done that publicly to, to my friends and people who talk football. And then he goes out and has those Miami games, and then he has the Cardinals game. And everyone was like at me on Twitter and texting me like, hey, what about Lamar now? What about Lamar yeah. now? I still haven't seen enough from this this kid to like crown him. No. When they came out and said Lamar and Patrick is the next Brady Mahomes, well, they said that about Baker and Mahomes. They said that about yeah. Deshaun and Mahomes. Like, yeah. Like the constant there is Mahomes. And when I watch Lamar throw the football still, there's still some struggles. I mean, it's not. I mean, there's that fourth down play that he just threw it and it just nicked off of the tight end's Mark ankles. Andrews' knees, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, was, all right, well. That wasn't a very good throw. That wasn't a very good throw. And there was a couple where he had a receiver down a seam and he was just overthrowing or those two bad decisions that ended up being completions. He's got a long way to go still, but he has improved. It's the Ravens look decent out there. I mean, there. his running ability oh, is it's, it's amazing. incredible. It, and it's not just his running ability out of the pocket. His pocket awareness and presence is yeah. really good. He's so, so slippery. So slippery. He knows when there's someone around his ankles or knees. That's or, frustrating as a fan, too. Because our pass rush like, was doing well. It was there. And he was just whoop, 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 whoop. And whoop. it was just like not even, eyes in the back of his head type. That oh, yeah. is, to his credit, he looked great in the pocket as far as presence goes. As far as is our defense better, I do think it is. And there's one underrated aspect that I think is making our defense better. And I think that's tackling. Yeah. We have looked like a better tackling unit than I years agree. past. There's less – I mean, Mark Ingram still ran all over us a little bit. Yeah. And, but that wasn't missed tackles per se. It was more just wide open holes he was getting run through. Yeah. And so when I was watching that and when people getting their hands on people, our defenders, it's looking like we're making tackles now. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, I agree. 
the eye test is passing. The I, eye I, test. I don't really know the numbers, Ex- but well, the eye test. We've given up 26 points, 10 points, 28 points. So points per game, we're still like we're 27th in the league in yards allowed rushing. We're the, those numbers aren't quite there, yeah. but you're right about the eye test in the fact that when you watch our games, we were up 30 to, or 30 to 13 in this game. Yeah. We were up 30 to 13 or whatever it right. was against Jacksonville. We were up 28 to 10 to the Raiders. And it's it's more so that the defense is when we get those big leads, they're not letting the scoring come till later. They're not yeah. letting teams back in it early yeah. like they were last year. So, as far as the offense goes, what more can you talk about? I mean, I they're just suffocating. They're so good. Like you just, it, I always I compare them now to like the Warriors. The it's, when you're like, oh, we're we're back in it, and then they go twenty and zero, and yeah, they're just like, tw- oh, yeah, twenty eight to nothing against the yeah. Raiders in the second, twenty three yeah. to nothing against the Ravens. It's like one of those Steph Curry runs where. You just like, well, now we have no chance in this game anymore. And that's where you get into the MVP talk with Patrick Mahomes is that when he starts dealing like Steph does from deep, then the other players start making plays. Demarcus Robinson, one-handed catch in the back of the end zone. McCole Hardman, another bomb touchdown. He had one last week, one called back last week, and then he caught another one this week. Yeah. Daryl Williams is running 21 miles per hour now. Do you think he is faster just from playing with Mahomes? Do you think, Maybe. Do you think he's just faster now just because he's on the Legion of Zoom so they just get like a plus two speed boop bump when you jump on the field? That was insane. I, yeah, he, he even I, tweeted, he said, slow, huh? And everyone thought he was slow or slower because he's a bigger back. And he's big. He's the fifth fastest player in the NFL this week as far as miles per hour running. Yeah. That crazy. is cr- The Legion of Zoom is alive and well, people. It is, it is insane. The Chiefs have two players in the top five in receiving yards and Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey then you got McCole Hardman catching deep bobs Demarcus Robin Robinson catching deep bombs yeah where has this D-Rob been oh, all my life on the bench <laughs> well that's another thing what happens when Tyreek comes back uh we just go five wide and then <laughs> and just run or four wide Travis goes. and this run goes it's Madden every game uh, we send four every play four goes Travis you run a little safe route in case Mahomes needs to dump it down if there's pressure everyone just scramble he'll throw it across <laughs> the body for a touchdown it's getting to the point where I think people are getting desensitized to what Mahomes is doing. And yeah. I'm going to keep hammering it every week. Stop. No, you need to give this credit because there's throws that he is making that is just not – it's not cool. It's just not – it's like how do you do that? Yeah. That one where it got called back, and I don't know if many people remember this, but it seems like Mahomes has some plays that are called back that people forget about that most quarterbacks can't make ever, those throws. I was watching Brian Baldinger break it down on Twitter. He does Baldy breakdowns if you want yep, to check it out. I love those. He was rolling right with three. First off, he evaded pressure because Mitch Schwartz got beat a little on the edge but still had his guy. So Mahomes steps out, rolls through the pocket right, off balance, throws a dart across his body, and in slow motion the ball looks fast. And then it hits Demarcus Robinson in the chest and he drops it. And the defender's looking at it like, what just happened? How'd that ball get fit in there? And it was a holding penalty anyway, so it got called back. No one's going to talk about the throw. But it's probably a throw that him and Aaron Rodgers can make, and it was one that no one's going to remember in the annals of history. And that Rodgers makes maybe once or twice a season. Yeah, once or twice a season, and this kid's making them on plays that are called back, and he's like, ah, no biggie, I'll just throw a dime next yeah. one, we'll get it back. So as far as the Ravens game goes, it showed me uh, – one thing I want to hit is – Last year, two of the defenses that gave Mahomes the biggest problems was was the Patriots, of course, and then the Jags and the Ravens. Right. Mahomes didn't have a passing touchdown against the Jags. It's the only game in his career outside of the Denver game where he didn't have a passing touchdown, and he threw a pick. And this year he comes out and carves them up. And then we get the Ravens last year. It took a couple miracles of our own to beat them at our place. Right. And this year it's just it's business as usual. It's like he's adjusted to a point to where – you're going to have to do something even more different than you showed him because he, he, those because they started off trying to do those blitzes they were doing last year. These weren't working. And I, I love this so much because all offseason, well, now they have tape on Mahomes. Yeah, the tape, tape. The tape. The, well, guess what? Where's the tape now? Yeah, they, they have tape, and he has the same tape, and he's watching, and he's like, oh, you yeah. did this to me? Do it again. Because for every side of that argument, well, there's well, Mahomes now has the tape on your and, defense. And Andy Reid has the tape yeah. on. Like that play call, uh, to, to win the game, I say to win, it was just to ice it. The fake the screen. screen left yeah. and to the right. When I was watching that live, I even said, you got to run the ball, Andy, like mid-play. I was like, you can't throw the ball here. And then they completed it. Mahomes fist bumps. He flexes. And in my head, I have to remind myself, this is a different Chiefs team. You want Mahomes to have the ball in his hand, Cole. 
don't don't say run the ball. It's not that team anymore. We don't have that team anymore. You want the ball in Mahomes' hand to win the game, and I will never doubt that again. Yeah. If it's third and one and we take a deep shot to ice a game, I won't doubt it ever again because I want that kid to have the ball in his hands. He starts flexing. He starts screaming at the sideline. Yeah. It came out after the game that he told Andy Reid to call that play, and Andy just rolled with it. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was actually watching that Seahawks game, and they had like a fourth and one, and Russell threw like a 40-yard bomb that he like way overthrew, but I was like, that's an interesting play call. It's I don't, play call. Uh, but if Mahomes does it, I'm cool like, with it. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Put the ball in the kid's hand. One last thing on Mahomes. Let's get to Mahomes because we we could do a podcast every week and just name it the Mahomes podcast, talk yeah. about it for three hours and probably be good. That f- ball fake he had. I loved it. Jet sweep right or left and then the run left and then he hides the ball behind his leg and he stands there nonchalantly. There's like half the Ravens think that it's going one way. The other half are like, no, we, we dissected this. You, you, we've seen this play. And they just sprint left. Like, oh, we've seen the tape. We've seen the tape we have on Mahomes now. Yeah, we, then, they got the tape. And then he pulls the, the rabbit out of the hat, so to speak. The ball was behind him the whole time, and he just flings it to Travis wide open across the middle, and it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It was awesome. And that's one thing that we're putting on tape people have to now count for. That's Andy Reid looking ahead. Mahomes also has some Mike Vick tape, it looks like. Yeah, it looks like Speaking he's been of tape, look, studying some Mike Vick moves. Been playing some Madden 2004. <laughs> 2004 with the, yeah. Uh, looking past Mahomes, though, we have other guys that played well. I want to highlight Tyron Matthew got his hands on a few. Balls. I was going to say the, for the it seems like the first time it was like oh there was some tangible there's a badger on the defense yeah, there was some tangible Tyron Matthew impact to the point to where one or two of them probably should have been picked yeah and he looked good he, for the yeah. first time he looked settled he looked comfortable that one where he's he's like guarding somebody in the slot and just peels off of them yes. and goes back into the end zone and then almost that was gets his awesome. hands on it. Yeah. that's where you're starting to see Frank Clark another name people are like oh where's he been I want to highlight Frank Clark because uh there's if you, you don't follow Arrowhead Live on Twitter you should they're a good follow Arrowhead Live did a thread and it was the SpongeBob meme is, where's Frank Clark's impact? And then they did like 20 pictures in a row of Frank Clark getting double teamed. Yeah. And that's a tangible impact that doesn't affect the stats because Frank Clark and Chris Jones were getting double teams, so much so that Emmanuel Ogba led the team in pressures with nine last week. That's the Frank Clark impact. Yeah. That's where you're going to get that impact because Emmanuel Ogba, we traded for him for Eric Murray straight up, and he's balling for us. That's like the J.J. Watt impact where exactly. sometimes J.J. Watt – doesn't even put anything on the stat sheet. But then the guy on the other side just, looks like a pro bowler. Whitney Merciless has three sacks. Yeah. For, and they were doing that. They were giving the star treatment to Jones and Clark. Yeah. And so fans need to, to like start paying attention to that a little bit. I thought in his first game against Jacksonville, Clark had some one-on-ones he didn't take advantage of. And he, he even admitted that afterwards. He needed to fix that. This week he was getting double teamed. They single teamed him once, and he put a great move, a spin move, to get that sack that he had. Yeah. So, I mean, Frank Clark is there. Tyron Matthews showing up a little bit. Kelsey just continues to just – it's like my. I was even talking to my mom, and she's like, yeah, Kelsey didn't really have that good a game. Like, well, yeah, he did. It just doesn't look it like it. It just doesn't look like because he just quietly 100 yards, Travis, 100 yards. The Chiefs are so good at football that if it's not an 80-yard touchdown, we think it's boring. Yeah. If, yeah. Oh, Kelsey only got 27 over the middle. That's lame. Where's our 80-yard McColl bomb? Yeah. He is just the ultimate stick mover. He's the ultimate pro. He's funny. I love that guy. I love it. And, and he's the 10-yard either out, in, curl, it's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. They cannot stop it. They can't. And if they do, guess what? You stop that, there's a touchdown somewhere else. When I was watching it, I was like, that must be so frustrating for those linebackers and those safeties because they just get – it's like just, death by a million 10-yard slants because they just get killed. And then as soon as they take them away, we score a touchdown because you you have to think in the old-school line of thought is that the deep ball is harder to complete, so it's okay to leave that open if they're throwing those underneath. you got to take those away. You can't give them free yeah. first downs. As soon as they switch that matchup – we just go deep over the head yeah. and touchdowns. So. Right. I remember watching Dak Prescott back at Mississippi State at Faroe Field. Dakota Rain Prescott, huh? <laughs> just shred us with the same guy doing that same thing, and it is the most frustrating thing. It's like, can someone just guard him? It's like, Please. No, they, no, they can't. can't guard That's him That's the thing. Uh, speaking of watching that Faroe Field, we uh, saw McCole Hardman burn us from Georgia a few times. Uh, once we drafted him, I started looking up his highlights. I, I seen him on Mizzou's field because me and Brett here are Mizzou fans. And 
I remember seeing him live, but now I'm like, oh crap, that was Hardman tearing us up for 90 yards yeah. up the middle on a slant. Yep. So it's just it's it's cool to go back and look at college stuff like that. But as far as all that goes with Kelsey and the offense, they're unstoppable. But a name we haven't talked about is Sean McCoy, and he looked good. He looked really good. He did look good. I still haven't seen that like shady run that you're like, that's that's LaShawn McCoy. And I think you're probably not going to only get a few of yeah. those this year. But he's effective. Effective, and he's not slow anymore. He's not weak. Like uh, he's he's his pads finally fit. His, they his jersey, finally yeah. got some like pads and jersey that fit him. It doesn't look like they ironed on twenty five to a red. Yeah, t- t-shirt. they just like oh crap, we forgot to get shady uniform. Like yeah. someone run down to Walmart and get get the kids set. It was uh, they grabbed an old vintage Jamal Charles jersey off a fan and just ironed McCoy on it, and it yeah. just didn't fit him. He looked good, and I think this is the version of him we're gonna be seeing. We're gonna be seeing a little slow down version, not quite as quick, but his feet are still elite. And he still is very, very good at finding a hole, cutting to the hole, getting good yards. And that's perfect for this offense. Yeah. He's had a few explosive runs. Old LaShawn might have took those to the house, but we don't need that from him right now. Yeah. So it's fine. Speaking of running backs, I thought it was interesting that Daryl Williams got a lot of touches. Over Darwin? Over Darwin. Because Darwin went into the season as the number two. Yeah. And then we signed LaShawn, and you kind of just thought... See, I wonder if it was a personnel thing that... Because, I mean... We saw a little bit of Derwin out there. Yeah. And, and then he that, looked tiny. But then he made that that hurdle, like 90 feet in the air. Yeah, like he got shot. He did. That was awesome. He is so small, though. I think I think it's more so that maybe we just haven't given Daryl enough credit. Well, Daryl looked good. He looked great. And in this offense, it's always said the running back will look great. But we brought it up earlier. He's fast, apparently. And we didn't know that. And he's big. He's big. So he's substantially bigger than our other running backs. At this point, it's probably just a plug-and-play thing. And they like and it works. It, in that situation in the game, we needed a guy who big body carry it. That's what, that's what I'm saying with the yeah, personnel. So it's, it's probably more of a I think situational that. thing. But I, it was interesting. I, I was like, oh, we're going to see Darwin Thompson out there now. And we didn't. But it's, didn't. it's fine because – you know, we'll see him in three weeks, and everyone's going to be like, who's this? And he'll have 100 yards. And yeah, the Kareem Hunt. Yeah. This Patriots game. <laughs> he'll have that game. Uh, the defense will touch on them one more time. Secondary looked better, I thought. Kendall Fuller's thought a good too. tackler, still good at the slot. The Outside of the few Hail Mary plays, they were in good position. Linebackers, yeah. we're still getting carved in the run too much. We're 27th in run defense. Yeah. I'll give us a – a maybe pass this yeah. week because that's literally the Raven. Well, then again, though, that's the Ravens game plan. They should have known. known that's the Ravens game I plan. I equate but. that to they came out and ran on us in that first drive coming in the second half. I think we get to a point where we have so much offense going and we have such a huge lead that we try to start eliminating big plays and we get a yeah. little susceptible to the run because that's just – well, They just can't come back using the run, and we know that. And so we just go into sets that are favorable to the passing, and of course they're going to get that one drive where they just run, 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 run. touchdown, and then we come score again, and we're like, okay, do it again. Take another six minutes off the clock. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what we do in that situation. One other little note before we move on, I just want to give a huge shout-out to Travis Kelsey. Um, We were talking about him earlier. People are kind of – like you said, oh, he didn't have a good game. He's the fastest tight end in history to 425 catches and 5,500 yards. Fastest ever. On pace to surpass all other tight ends in any statistical category catching. Try to catch up longevity-wise that other other chief that, that wore the jersey for a while, Tony G. Try to catch up to Gronk's numbers, but he's the fastest to do, do that. That's great. The Chiefs are also have the longest streak of 26 points scored in a game consecutively. That's that's a good thing about the offense. Mahomes has 19,000 records we're not even going to talk about, but yeah. this offense is just setting records every week. On pace for a million 6,300 yards, yards 53 or 56 touchdowns. Fantastic, no regression. All right, so, Brett, neither of me or you were at the game against the Ravens, right? No. Yeah, we didn't get that experience. So, we're going to go to the phones. We're going to try to get hold of someone, tell us how the, the game day opening atmosphere was. I think we got somebody on the line right now. Hey, you're on with the KC Kingdom Podcast. Hey, am I, am, I, am I on air? Is this live? Uh, you're not on air, sir. This is a podcast, but yeah, we can hear you. I don't know how that works. Uh, this is uh, uh, Stan, I, I mean, uh, the Kansas City Mad Man. The, yeah. All right, the Kansas City Mad Man. Okay, the, hello, Mr. Yeah, self-appointed nickname. I get real crazy up in the upper deck of the arrowhead. I don't care. I get all crazy. Uh, 
All right, sir. Uh, what, what was the atmosphere there at uh, Baltimore or against Baltimore at Arrowhead this week? What, what was your thoughts on that? I mean, it was crazy, man. I love being out there with the yellow end zones, but oh man, it got crazy. When we got disrespected by Mark Ingram like that. He came up and just pulled up on the Arrowhead like that, and just ran up on the sideline. Oh, I was so mad. Yeah. I mean, you come up to the upper deck and you try that. <laughs> yeah, the upper deck. <laughs> yeah. He got disrespected by the league uh, right at the back. I mean. Oh, you mean the pyro? The pyrotechnic band? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come up to the upper deck, huh? Yeah. Okay. That was uh the Kansas City Madman. Talking about the upper deck and, and the flames at Arrowhead. Thank you for calling in, sir, and uh, we hope to hear from you soon as well. Now, though, we got a little preview for you, but the Lions coming up next week and uh, what that showdown's going to entail. Coming week four to a television broadcast near you, never before seen, Mahomes alone in a dome. Starring the Legion of Zoom. Too many passing yards. Turf toe. Crying lions. And a brand new sexy headband. Sunday, Mahomes alone in a dome. You're not ready. As you heard from that illustrious voiceover, uh, it is Mahomes' first game in a dome. And that kind of blows my mind. It's something I've never thought about before. But now that I am thinking about it, I'm like, whoa. I like it. I'm salivating at oh, it. Oh, we don't have to worry about the weather. I, literally wrote, I wrote down, dome equals big offense, probably. Uh, Chiefs equals big <laughs> offense, most certainly. Most likely. Yeah, and, and the fact that it's in a dome, don't have to worry about the weather conditions. You don't have to worry about, basically, the only thing a dome you have to worry about as a road team is the crowd noise. And... Detroit is not known for a raucous crowd. Yeah, and even if they are, <laughs> this is just a quick little tidbit. I was watching, I think it was a Miami Dolphins game. Oh, no, it was a New Orleans Saints game. And they had the decibel up thing on their board. And I was like, it's a dome. I want to see what the numbers are. It peaked at like 103. And I was like, no way. There's no way. So if the Saints, known for their loud crowds, is peaking Who at... Who dat? Yeah, it was, and it was against the... Uh, the Texans, so it was prime time. It was loud. Oh, yeah. It was like, get loud. Great game, by the way. 103 was the decibel count. I don't think noise is going to be a factor in Detroit. So, I don't think so either. What is going to be a factor is the first time that the Chiefs receivers are going to play in a dome with Patrick Mahomes, all that speed we've talked about. That is going to be a huge issue for Detroit. Very big issue for Detroit. And I actually have some numbers on why it would be a huge Ooh. issue. And I'm not even a numbers guy. You aren't. You're I'm a, more of a manalytics this is, this, guy, uh, not is, an yeah, analytics your guy. Your story, I'm usually an analytics guy. Let's but hear I'm it. But we're going to flip yeah, the script just real quick. So defense, they are 12th in points. Okay. Not bad, 20.3. But they're 23rd in yards, 22nd in pass yards, 22nd in rush yards. So Okay, and there is some context. So they're a bend but not break. Yeah, there is some context around that because when they played the Chargers – Philip Rivers did that interception. Austin Eckler fumbled at the goal line. Yep. So they were giving up big chunk plays, yep. but they were holding – I want to say holding firm. Those are more mental mistakes. I mean, right. still credit to their defense for being able to capitalize and doing that kind of thing. But it was more so, you know, the bounce of an egg-shaped football that really did it for them. But they allow, they're allowed, on average, 394 yards per game. Ooh, and, and that's – That's between the Cardinals, the Chargers – and they had the Eagles this week. And the without, Eagles. They, and the Eagles didn't have Alshon or Deshaun Jackson this week. And they, so yeah. that's, those are, that's what we call a tasty matchup. It's tasty. Uh, Darius Slay worries me a little bit, but not much. Well, he might not even play. Exactly. That's another thing. And even if he does, he, it's like Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye played, and we destroyed that team. Well, uh, Darius Slay has the same amount of interceptions as Frank Clark. Frank Clark does. So. <laughs> just, a little, just a little note just there. Just a little note there. So, yeah, I think – as far as the matchup goes, it is a bad matchup for Detroit. I actually looked into some of those numbers before, and I'm glad you brought them up because I didn't have them on the top of my head. This is something that Detroit is going to have a problem with. 
And they're also going to have to keep pace with our offense. And Detroit has a decent offense. I'm a really big fan of Kenny Galladay or uh, Galvatron, as I like to call him, Megatron's yeah. replacement. But I, I don't, like him too. I'm not a huge enough fan to just come and think that they're going to dominate us. Yeah, and I mean, we know who Matt Stafford is. He's got a big arm. He's He was the OG kind of a throwing the sidearm off platform, yeah. too. He's the, the precursor to the Mahomes He just craziness. is not that good. I like Matt Stafford. I mean, I, really I like do. him too, I really but he's like just Stafford. not that good. I think he's pretty good. I do. I will give him some credit. I think he's, he's I think he's underrated. I really do. I don't think he's elite. I think he's underrated. I think he's a top. His, his career numbers are incredible, really. They're, yeah, they're incredible. But I, He's one of those guys that doesn't have that it factor. Like you were talking about analytics. Let's go manalytics, like you said. He doesn't have that it factor. He doesn't have those signature wins. Yeah. He doesn't have those big moments. He's a very good quarterback. He's playing really well this year, but it takes more than a decent or good quarterback to beat the Chiefs right now. It takes coaching, which I like Matt Patricia too. He did great things in New England. But it takes coaching top to bottom. It takes talent top to bottom. And yeah. it sometimes takes a little luck top to bottom to beat the Chiefs. Yeah. So It's going to take a lot of luck in the Dome. From a fantasy perspective, hey, we talked about the defense earlier. I think we come out to a big lead again this week. So if you want to start your Lions, I would because they're going to be throwing a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. So well, and they're so r- let's get some offensive stats offensive here because I got those too. Yeah, that's that's so they're 16th in points, so dead center, dead center, 22, 12th in yards, so they're putting up a lot of yards, 367, 11th in passing yards, 18th in rushing yards. Yes. So they're pass heavy, which I know because I'm a Carry On Johnson yeah. fantasy owner. Yeah. And he's been dec- Meh, yeah, decent. He's, they need to run him a little more. And I don't know if they're going to have the chance this weekend, this, okay. sadly for me. We're talking about the Lions. I didn't tell you that we were going to talk about this beforehand. But we have to talk about the recently cut C.J. Anderson. The meatball. The meatball. I wanted to get – I was really – I circled this game as we were going to talk about it because I wanted to tell this antidote. Then they cut him. But I'm still yeah. going to talk about it anyway. So That's tough. I'm a big meatball fan. Brett, Brett over Me here, and the meatball go way back. <laughs> Brett over here had a Twitter exchange a couple – was it last year when he was with the Rams? Yep, last – right over New Year's. Right yep. over New Year's. And they're like, yo, CJ, you need a nickname because you're playing so well on Twitter, him and his friends. My my fantasy league, yep. Yeah, and what was his response? We named him Brett? the meatball, yeah. and he was responding. He already has a nickname, Bam Bam. We're like, well, that's a lame nickname. You look like a meatball. <laughs> so we're like, he's like, nah, I can't do meatball. And then we're like, no, nah, you have to do meatball. And then he just started blocking all of us. So I am blocked by CJ by Anderson, Anderson by the meatball. on Twitter. We do have a KC Kingdom Twitter. Let's go ahead and plug that right now. It's at uh, KC Kingdom Pod on Twitter. We might mention the meatball a little this week. We might get a minute. We might. We might just throw a little meatball. We'll, we'll throw him a little, hey, what's up? Remember this? But Me and the meatball have beef. Beef. <laughs> beef. Oh, oh okay. you see what I did there? You come for the content and you stay for the puns, guys. But we're not going to harass anybody on Twitter. But I just, no. we might add him if we go up to a bit league just once. So, yeah, it's that's just I thought was I was really excited to talk about that because we're playing the Lions. I was really hoping he'd still be on the roster. He gets cut. <sighs> anyway, great story. Oh, well. Uh, I have a little stat for you. Uh, the Lions are in the bottom of the league in pressure allowed. As far as from the line and quarterback position, yeah. we have played two top ten teams in pressures allowed so far. Yeah, that is going to be. We were talking about Frank Clark's tangible impact. I really, really, really think this is the game that the pass rushers start getting home. I think this is. You see some interceptions this week. Tyron Matthew gets his hand on one, maybe. Juan Thornhill makes an impact. I think – do you remember the last time we played the Lions in – In London? London, and it was just like – And we smoked them. An undressing. Yeah. I don't want to disrespect the team at all. Uh, the Lions are 2-0-1, but I do think this might be a little coming out party for the Chiefs as far as defensively, offensively. Bold prediction of the week. Let's go one. Special teams return touchdown this week too. I well, because they're bottom of the league, league right? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's just a complete top-to-bottom performance as far as the Chiefs go. Dave Tobe is like – Having great dreams every night thinking about this game. You know, he doesn't know who to play back there either. He's like, well, McColl's fast. DeAnthony's fast. Who are we going to have return kicks? How awesome would that be if we get a Dat return? But, oh, I would love it. Dat, he's, look, he's, oh, he's been close. He really has been close the past couple games. Uh, I know it doesn't look like it, but he's got some twitch. He's like one or two away from just going. I just like Dat. I do, I've too. always liked Dat. I've always rooted for him. He was, I mean, 
Tyreek is what I thought that was going to be. Me too. But 100% honest, watching Dak coming out of Oregon, the Black Mamba, his name was given to him by Snoop Dogg. He was just doing a bunch, a bunch of stuff in Oregon that I was like, whoa, yeah. this guy's got some juice. He wore the watch. The he wa- was the watch guy, right? I think, yeah, he the wore gold the, watch, watch. the gold watch. Yeah. He, I thought he was going to come. Swag. I thought he was going to do everything Tyreek Hill did. But now he's just one of those guys you root for for a while. Yeah. Right? He's still with the team. Because he's like, he's one of those guys that he's going to lower his shoulder at the end. Like, he brings the oh, contact. He finishes he runs. Does, like so Just charges me up. Yeah. He, he's, just, he's one of those spark plugs you put into yeah. the team. He's one of those guys that no one else in the league knows about, but you're a fan of the team and you love it. Oh, yeah. So, do you want to do predictions? We'll get into a little bit of predictions. Uh, I want to do score predictions. I want to do breakout player predictions. Not breakout, but like you pick your star player, too. Okay. So, not just, so what do you think the score is going to be? We I have, have 42-27. We haven't discussed this. So you have 42-27? I I don't see how they don't score forty because they've almost scored forty yeah. every week except for the Raiders game, which I don't know what happened in the second half. We uh, just kind of yeah yeah yeah. But <laughs> okay. I think on the dome, it wouldn't surprise me if they hung fifty. I don't want to say fifty burger because that's kind of like this isn't a bold out, prediction. Outrageous. Yeah, this is the prediction. Forty two twenty seven. So we didn't talk about it. My prediction was thirty eight to thirteen. I think it's a full dominant performance by the defense. I think they come out okay. and try I would to like that. establish a little swagger they haven't See, gotten yet. At, in my mind, this played out like we go up 35-10. Yes. That was in my mind it played out just like that. But this And then week, we get one second-half touchdown, and they kind of scratch a little bit. This but. week, I think we clamp down. I think we get a defensive, like turnovers galore. Andy Reid said so in his press conference that it's starting to come along. The turnovers are getting closer every week. Yeah. I think it's just going to be a pile on on Detroit. I want to see a, a Badger pick this week. I want to see a Badger pick six. <sighs> Honey Badger loose on the field, Ooh, just going don't get all the me way started. back. I want to see a Juan Thornhill legal hit that knocks somebody's clock off. He's been pretty cl- He got that one personal foul flag. He's been pretty close to the helmet area. I want to see him lay a lick this week that's yeah. just clean and Chris Jones, crazy. scoop oh. and score. All right, Chris Jones interception at like the Blake Bortles. He oh, dodges yeah. a guy for the end zone. I want to see it all. I think this week is our pile on week. We're going into the Colts week five. Um, we got prime time. That's going to be a little tougher game, but a little better atmosphere. This is those you're going to look at the schedule every year and you can see one or two games the Chiefs just licking their chops. Just dominated. And I think this is one of them. And another interesting note we haven't brought up every team the Chiefs have played so far has been undefeated. Which is weird. Lions are 2 0 and 1, so they haven't been defeated uh, yet. Asterix. Asterix. But I mean, it's. They haven't, they haven't, they haven't been, been yet. defeated. Uh, the yeah. Raiders were one of them. They really should have beat the Cardinals. That was such a weird game. It was such a weird it's game. such a weird. They had Kyler Murray all but figured out for three quarters. And then I guess they remembered Larry Fitz is, is the best receiver on the, on the How field. How is he still so good? I saw, I saw an interview with him. And there was a reporter asking him, she, she was like, do you find yourself getting open more this year than in years past? Like, you seem like you're getting more open. And he kind of laughed a little bit. He's a classy guy, so he didn't, you know, didn't Bill Belichick stare down a reporter. Oh, man, that's but, awesome. But he yeah. looked at her and he's like, well, I've been getting open for a while now. And, and so he is still really, really good. And he, Kyler was just throwing balls up to him. And he was just, if it touches his hands, he's going to catch it. Yeah. And then that just sparked a comeback. I do think that makes the Lions a little more like susceptible to us, though. Like they they have the ability to give up those big chunk plays, and the yeah. Cardinals showed that when they go heavy receiver sets, Man. what the Chiefs like to do. They, they always happen. say you look faster on the turf. They always say that. I uh, how can we look faster? A little anecdote: We went to high school. There was this kid in in my class. He was a lineman. He was like two hundred and forty pounds. He goes to this regional combine and runs a forty. He ran a four seven. We had clocked him, never clocked him faster than a five. He said he got a good jump on the turf. He had a four seven. They changed him to running back because he came back with that that, that four seven number. They're like, oh, you're fast. Here you go. You're running back now. He's like, I don't know what to do with this ball though. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I, I do think you're going to be faster on the turf, and it's just a footing thing. It's a it's the a, legion of zoom. Legion of zoom. We'll be zooming. They're they're going to be out there cooking, and I do think the running game gets a little a little better. This that's the concerning part. Need to talk about the running game a little bit. It hasn't really – I mean, it was stagnant against Oakland. Against the Ravens, we didn't run it very much. But it, there was only a few chunk plays that I think we need to establish a running game a little more because we, we wound up in that fourth and one situation. We went shotgun and we fumbled the snap. I would like to have seen us just under center, hand the ball off, 
or sneak it and just power run a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I want a little more of a power than a finesse running game. Yeah. I just want to see it. Well, with Daryl Williams, it looks like we got the power back. Yes, yes. And and in a couple of weeks, we'll probably stop talking about Daryl because Damien will be healthy and yeah. we'll talk about Damien Shady again. But, but for now. I want to see the running game get a little more established. I want the Chiefs to work on some things here they need to work on, clean up some defensive stuff. I don't want to say it's a practice game because you, you go out and say it like that. It might be a close game where the Lions might win. They're a good team. Yeah. I, I just I want to see us improve weekly yeah. is, is, is the goal. Because Which I think we've done. We have we have done. We have looked better every game. I think. Player of the game. Player. Okay. That's not Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. That's we'll, a cheat. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll go a little more deep dive than also than not Sammy Watkins or not. Yeah. All right. So offensively, who are you looking at? I have Daryl Williams. You think Daryl? I, like I have Daryl. I think we're gonna try to get into more of a run game like we talked about. The second because I think we're gonna jump out to an early lead and Andy's gonna be like. Let's see if we can establish a run a game. Run here. Just just to see cuz I so I watched this whole thing on the Baltimore Casey game and they were talking about how just maybe they were trying to see how far Lamar could open the playbook against the Chiefs because you don't really know unless you play the best. Yes. They opened it up against the Dolphins and he looked pretty good. Well, let's open it up against the Chiefs and see how he looks. Maybe being confident that down the line they're going to have to open it up again in yeah. another. And I think we're going to do a similar thing with our run game in case we get into a dogfight okay. with the Patriots in December. I like that. Let's see what we can do if we commit to the run, and I think we'll have a good chance to do it this game. Okay, so offensively you had Daryl. I offensively, I'm going to go a super, super unsexy pick because I just want to show a little love. Sure. Cam Irving. Filling in for Eric Fisher. Okay. I think he's going to have... Didn't have a great game last week. He didn't have a great start. He did finish well. That, okay. that was encouraging, but you're right. It wasn't... And I want to. I think this week he has an overall great performance at that left tackle spot. I, I really do. His pass protection has been spotty at times, but fairly good. He has pass protected well. His run blocking has been abysmal. If you yeah. watch that Oakland game, it was like... He let one go, and then after that, he stonewalled everyone. And then he tried to run block, and his feet were stuck in the mud, and, and everyone was crossing his face and was just yeah. destroying him. Cam Irving is going to have a really great game. Uh, we we do miss Eric Fisher a little bit, but we're not going to miss him a ton this week because Cam Irving is going to have a dominant no pressure allowed, no sacks allowed. He's going to have an elite PFF grade on running and passing. Wow. Boom. Okay. Uh, That'd be nice because movie. it seems like Mahomes has been getting hit a lot. Hit a lot. And it hurts to watch. It hurts me. Yeah, he. It, I was a little concerned at the start of the Ravens game because the Jags game, he got hit a lot. Oakland, he got hit a little bit. Start of the Ravens game, I was concerned. Matthew Judon got passed a few times. They were bringing some blitzes. Yeah. We, we cleaned that up quick. Yeah, we so, did. Defensively, who are you looking at? I love the Badger. Hardy talked about yeah. him. I think he's going to have a coming out party yeah. against this pass-heavy Matt Stafford who will throw picks. Okay. And I think I think he gets two of them. Two. I think he has one, and we're like, that was so awesome. And then, and then he'll have another like one. Like a late one? Yeah. Like one where the game matters, and then yeah. one later yeah. where he, okay. Where he's just like, and uh, then we get the mic'd up later whoa, of him. Just, Travis, yeah, so like, excited. Let's go, baby. Yeah. yeah. Um, my defensive performer, I think I'm going to go Damian Wilson, linebacker. Okay. Uh, he has looked really good so far. He had that forced fumble against the Jags. He, from a pass rush, they lined him up as a pass rusher one snap, and he got to Lamar. I don't think he got the sack, but he, he definitely beat the right tackle off. We talked about the run defense. I He's the guy that I think needs to play the best to help us. He's going to have a really good game in the coverage and run defense. Chris Jones and Frank Clark may have better games, but we talked we don't want to just predict player of the game is every week Chris Jones or Patrick Mahomes because they're the best players on both sides of the ball. So right. I think Damien's going to have a good game. He's going to have his number called a few times. He's going to get some maybe his hand on a ball or two, make some big. There's going to be one play. This is my prediction, and I want there's going to be one play where the Lions throw a swing route in the back backfield, and you're going to see heat-seeking missile go across the field. And it's going to be 54, and he's going to light him up, and he's getting up, and everyone's going to be crazy. The old like Derek Johnson. Oh, the old D, against the, old uh, D the Raiders. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's it. you're going to see one of those this week from from Damien. That was a great hit. Oh, I still think about that hit. Since we since Johnson's been gone, we've been kind of hurt at that middle backer spot. Yeah. There's guys we love. We love Reggie as a person. We love Hitch. We love Damien. I love being Ben Neiman. He's been getting on the field and pass downs, yeah. and he's been covering really well. Seth Kaiser on Twitter uh, at uh, he's works for the Athletic as a film analyst. He's been doing some film breakdown, and and Neiman has made an impact that some fans aren't seeing. 
he's got on the field in passing downs and he's really taken away those middle crossing route type routes. So he's been a good addition this year. As far as getting, he didn't get on the field a lot last year, but he's been good for us. But defensively, offensively, sounds like we're pretty much in agreement. Chiefs win. Chiefs play Chiefs well. Win. Chiefs dominate. If there's one thing that scares you for a Lions upset, what is it? Just one matchup that you see that could be trouble for us. Um, I like Carryon Johnson to be honest. I, that's why I drafted him in fantasy. Um, I'm still hoping he has a good game at some point yeah, this year. It's just not this week. I don't think he'll have it this week, but that could maybe cause – I just don't know if the run game is ever going to really cause it. I mean, we saw the worst of the run game yes. last week, and we still won. All right, Brett. If you don't so like carry on this week, you could always trade him to somebody in your fantasy league, perhaps. Uh, I'm not going to do that. Somebody who, who's no, asked I th- about I think it's Somebody like to, me, if you want. It's going to have to be – it's going to have to be defensively because yes. offensively they can't – there isn't anything that scares me on their offense that I'm like – I'm scared of. They're gonna have to slow us down, and I, I still don't think that happens. I, I think the recipe for them to beat us is carry on, and not just hammering him. It's him getting chunk plays, him keeping drives alive, and then like that Seattle game last year where Doug Baldwin's making every miraculous catch. Yeah, I think Kenny Galladay's got to go off, just making yeah. catches he has no business making, and that's the only recipe for an upset, really, that I see. But I mean, Lions. We have a, a Chiefs moving to 4-0, Lions moving to 1-1 going forward. We're pretty excited to watch it, pretty excited about the Dome. Anything else you want to highlight there? I think we covered I think we did too. I think the only interesting other matchup we can look at is Patricia versus Andy Reid because he's a Belichick disciple. But if as long as he doesn't throw out anything too crazy, it should be a handy Chiefs win. Do we know the line? Oh, no, we don't know the line. Let's look up the what line. What is the quick. line? Uh, I know it's Chiefs favored on the road easy. I think it's 7.5. That's uh, when that's I, never a good line. No, that's if it's seven. over that seven number, it's never a good line. I hate it. Okay, I got the line here. Spread, KC, minus six. Minus six? Perfect. What? Minus six. Ooh, over, that, under, 53 and a half. What do you got, over, under? I'll take the over. We both had the over in our score yeah. predictions. Over. I, take the, I think they cover that Mi- easy. Minus six? Who Minus would, six. Who is, would not uh, take that bet? Well, let's see. Three points is the home field advantage. Yeah, but who does not take that bet immediately if they're not in Vegas? That's that's a twenty-seven twenty win is it would cover that bet. I don't. know. That's a little weird to me because the Ravens were only favored six and a half against us, and the Ravens are a far superior team. I think. Yeah. I know that game's at our place, but uh, that's just. We're only favorite six and a half. So we're favorite six and a half against the Ravens at home, and then and then I guess the Lions are six point dogs at their place. So yeah, that's a little weird. Techn- I guess. Yeah. yeah, it's weird to be a six point dog when you're undefeated. But I don't know. At that's, your at your house. At your house, that just seems weird to me. I'd pound that. Yep. all day long. Chiefs. I'd pound it too. But we don't. We're not a betting podcast. Don't take our no, advice and then not. lose money and then yell at us. But if it were me, I'd, I'd take that line every day. That just about does it for us this week. Next week, we'll obviously be talking about the result of the Lions game. We'll look ahead against the Colts, Chiefs' first primetime game on Sunday Night Football. That'll be interesting. Might get an appearance by the Madman. You might not. You never know when he's going to be calling in. We'll have more news and notes from Kansas City Sports uh, around the West if anything pops up there. Uh, if you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter at KC Kingdom Pod. Instagram is at KC Kingdom Podcast. And for all written content, Chiefs and other related in Kansas City, just go to KCKingdom.com. Uh, we're through fan sided. That's, that's all we got for this week. Can't wait to see you guys next week.